What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. It is NFL wildcard weekend, and Matt and I are here to break down the slate of wildcard games, make some picks for you, maybe give you some gambling advice at the end of this podcast. But first, I want to say congrats to the Georgia Bulldogs on their second straight national championship. They won uh, by a lot over TCU last night, probably one of the most one-sided football games I have ever seen in my life. Uh, and I turned it off at halftime. I honestly didn't even need to watch the second half. That was absolutely brutal. I've never seen a team dominate another team like that in a playoff scenario like that before. I can name very few that have been that bad. And, and it was actually the biggest blowout in college football bowl history in any bowl ever. And it happened to be in the national championship. So Absolutely brutal for TCU, but congrats to Georgia. Uh, Matt is coming on in just a minute to talk NFL wildcard weekend. Let's go. All right, we are back and joining me to talk NFL wildcard weekend is the first lieutenant of the Kaze Kaze swag club, whatever the hell your running back said after the Green Bay game the other day. <laughs> Matt is in the building. We're talking NFL wildcard weekend. Matt, how are you, my brother? Uh, I'm doing a lot better than Aaron Rodgers. I, we all are, aren't we? <laughs> we have been for quite a while. This has been a troubling descent for him. Yeah, aside from the fact that he's dating some like billionaire's daughter and he's probably like off in a jungle in South America doing ayahuasca right now. Yeah, pretty, pretty much but you got to think that like that's literally like the social class that he is in. Like there are no other options for him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But we are not talking about Aaron Rodgers today. We are talking about quarterbacks who actually did make the playoffs this season. And before like before I say the next line, can I just say thank you to the Lions? Because they knew that they weren't going to make the playoffs before that Green Bay game, and they just made damn sure that Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to make it either. And it's like the level of spite and pettiness <laughs> is something I can fully support. And now I don't have to watch Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Yeah. Although I don't get to bet against him, so that's kind of a bummer. Definitely less easy money this year than in years past. I will say that. How do you feel about the slate of games this weekend overall? To put it to a single phrase, what the fuck? <laughs> On the podcast a couple weeks ago, we talked about how lit the first round was looking. Yeah. It was like, oh man, Miami at Kansas City. It's Tyreek Hill coming back and like Tua was healthy at the time. It was Burrow versus Herbert. We had all these great matchups. And now it's like there are going to be multiple hours of television this weekend where it's like Skylar Thompson versus Josh Allen. We're going to have to watch the Giants and the Minnesota Vikings play a football game on Sunday. I <laughs> Not as excited yeah. about this round as I am about the potential for next round. But if, if these playoffs are like even half as good as the NFL playoffs were last season, then we're in for a wild ride because last season was absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. Last year was a lot of fun. It's just like every week was like topping the week before it, at least after wild card weekend, it just got like crazier and crazier. It was like a roller coaster. So I feel yeah. like this week is a good time. You know, there's no Monday night football this week. There was no Thursday night football this week. Yep. We just got done with like an 18 week roller coaster season. One of the <laughs> weirdest seasons we've had. I feel like this is a good week to just like take a deep breath and just be like, okay, it is only going to get more insane from here. And we got to start with this slate of six games yeah. that we got this weekend. I mean, was it, what doesn't kill the NFL only makes it stranger. I, and it just gets stranger every day. So, yeah, I mean, we have to watch the giants and the Vikings. <laughs> I, well, we're going to get to that game in a little bit. Oh, yeah. so we're we're going to break down all six games for you guys and give you some picks. But yeah, it, there are some odd ones. There are some really odd ones this week. I, I'm i getting to the point where I like... I, so you know I'm anti-expansion. Yeah. In all sports, in all things. Yep. 
I wasn't happy when we went to seven playoff teams. I wasn't happy when we extended the season. I felt justified for that take this past week, watching these last couple games. Like I'm watching Skylar Thompson versus Joe Flacco to determine the seventh playoff spot in the AFC. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel very justified in my take that we are going on a little bit too long here. And I feel like it kind of, yeah. like, the, the end of the season seemed kind of like a whimper to me. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always going to be two sides to that coin though. Wins and losses don't necessarily like truly tell you how good a team is. Right. We, I think, this year has especially exposed that. And, you know, the the fact that the NFL didn't push it to eight teams as they were maybe talking about for a little bit means that, like, yeah, now our lowest seed is the seven seed and you're watching the Seahawks go to the 49ers, which I don't want to give away our pick, but... <laughs> I, if you have to guess that you really haven't been listening to this podcast, whereas if they had pushed it up to, to the eighth seed, well, then you're talking about round one, week one rematch, Eagles versus Lions, and who doesn't want to watch that? That's fair, but then also in the AFC, we would have to yeah. watch Chiefs versus Steelers or something else horrible. So. Yeah, but it, that, that's that's what I'm saying is like the 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 issue there's there's dichotomy there there's there's two sides to that coin and i think that yes most of the time like expanding there's more of these teams that aren't really worth shit are gonna get in there and they're not gonna do anything and we also have to recognize well (laughs) that giants team with strahan they also got in as a wild card and shit dude you know yeah thank thank you for bringing that up i was actually yeah. excited to do this podcast so <laughs> i've just been like catching strays with this shit all week i was at lunch for work the other day and we were talking about like oh man it sucks the lions didn't get in because you know you, i wouldn't pick them over san francisco but like you always want to have a shot and one of my coworkers was like yeah we watched the giants do it twice i'm just like oh oh i thought we were cool man i thought we enjoyed working together damn yeah, I, the playoffs like this round could have been a lot better, too, if it, a couple things had gone differently. Yeah. I mean, for sure, if the Lions had made it over Seattle, a Lions versus mm-hmm. San Francisco game is much more entertaining than uh, what we're about to talk about. Or <laughs> if the refs in that Rams-Seahawks game weren't literally like the worst refs I have ever seen. That and like, so Miami's playing, and the reason the Miami-Buffalo game is like, probably my least favorite game of the weekend is because we're going to have Skylar Thompson yep. very likely playing quarterback for Miami. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, if you guys listen to this podcast, you know, we're not the biggest Tua fans, but like Miami did just go to Buffalo a couple weeks ago and give yeah. them a hell of a game with yeah. Tua at quarterback. So, you know, injuries are holding it back a little bit. Uh, refs blatantly trying to get Aaron Rodgers to the playoffs and then still failing. It's holding this back a little bit, but we do have some fun ones to talk about. And we're going to go through all of them, but let, let's start with the game that we already mentioned a couple times. The first game on Saturday at 430, the Seattle Sea Chickens at the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco is favored by 10 points. I'm medium excited for this. I'm like, I'm whelmed by this game. It's a 2-7, but it is divisional mm-hmm. rivals. It's... Not going to be particularly exciting, I don't think. Um, the Seahawks, or Sea Chickens, as we prefer to call them, uh, their rushing defense has not been very good all year. <laughs> and it got a little bit better as the year went on, but they still finished 28th in the NFL. <laughs> and you're going up against the single best rushing offense in the NFL. And it's not close. I was reminded Sunday about what we talked about earlier this season. I was watching the 49ers and Elijah Mitchell is back in the lineup. Yep. 
And it's just like when all their guys are healthy. So like Debo's back and they, I know they played limited snaps. They did whatever, yeah. but it's like, God, it's Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell and like other guys that are making plays. Cause they're getting open. There's just so many weapons. And the thing yeah. that concerns me most for this game is it just seems to be two teams that are moving in totally opposite directions. So like Seattle, I mean, phenomenal season for Seattle. Mm-hmm. All the credit in the world for them. They were expected yeah. to compete for the first pick, and now they're playing a playoff game. Right. But they just have not been the same since that trip to Germany. No. You know, they played that trap game against the Bucks, where it's one of those situations where all everybody in the world is betting on the Seahawks because they're like, oh, yeah, the Seahawks are so good. And then they get beat by the Bucks in Germany. And like since that game, they're three and five haven't been playing well. I mean, even the games they've won, like we saw them against the Rams on Sunday did not look good at all and probably don't even win that one unless they get help from the refs, which they do on a couple of really bad penalties. On the other side, the 49ers have won 10 games in a row. And outside of like, how does Brock, how dare you leave me off of your top 10 quarterbacks in the league list? Purdy play in his first playoff game as a rookie. I don't really see a case here for Seattle to win this game. They've, I guess, got probably what I would say is the better quarterback, but Purdy hasn't really given us a reason to dislike him either. I mean, obviously, rookie going to the playoffs, a lot could be exposed there, but I just, I don't know if this is the defense to really do that. So... I mean, it's not like the quarterback on the other side has this huge resume of playoff experience. Like we we talked about this with Gino last no. week. Doesn't even have a playoff page on football reference. No, but I mean going 30 touchdowns and eleven interceptions in a season is nothing to scoff at either. So like he's his body of work this year has been significantly larger than Brock Purdy's. Mm. It's fair, but Brock Purdy's body of work has been excellent as well. Yeah. He's yeah. six six and zero oh since taking over for Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's thrown two or more touchdowns in every single game he's played so far. Mm-hmm. And it just we talked about this a little bit when he first started off, and he kind of started hot. It's like, right, Jimmy G. It's not like Jimmy G is that great, and you have so many weapons around you, and you have such a good coach for scheming up an mm-hmm. offense. Like you know, everybody that listens to this knows, I think Kyle yeah. Shanahan is a goddamn offensive genius. That like, it's not like you have to do a ton, Mm -hmm. especially when you have the number one defense in the NFL on the other side of the ball. Exactly. So he's just got to not lose them games for them Mm -hmm. to win, especially because like, if you look at San Francisco's potential road to a Super Bowl, I I think they're set up beautifully to have a little bit of a run here. I mean, Seattle in the first round, potentially Minnesota coming in in the second round. Yeah. And then you got that game against Philly, but like Philly hasn't scared me recently. So, no, I mean, I think if, as long as he just plays within himself and kind of like he doesn't have to do a ton ton outside of like the system and outside of just like playing point guard in this offense. I, I'm not too worried about him, especially not in this one. I don't think that they necessarily need to like. You know, put up 30 plus points in order to win this game. I think that getting to 20 probably gets makes it pretty safe. And with that running game and the easy looks in the passing game that Shanahan is able to scheme up both through the play action and just by using motion to scare defenses into thinking, okay, there's going to be a jet sweep or something like that. You know, you kind of got to be concerned about with a guy like Debo Samuel. It's just there's there's enough there that like the bar is set so low for Brock Purdy to to be competent that like it's it's hard to not see him getting the job done. Yeah, anything he delivers above replacement quarterback play is just like a bonus for them. Yeah. But yeah, I just think about like I mean, obviously I just mentioned number 1 defense by DVOA this season I just think about like the offense they can have like all the guys I named you can put IU Kittle Debo 
Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey all on the field at the same time. Yep. Nobody in the NFL has better weaponry than that. Yeah. Nobody. And I, I don't even know, like if we were going to go through and rank who the number two team is, I don't know that the number two team is particularly close in terms of skill position talent to what these guys have at every position. It's pretty like, it's pretty impressive what they've put together here. So yeah, and th- and this is what they did when they traded for Christian McCaffrey. Cause that was their version of like the all in trade. Yeah. Because now they don't have a lot of picks this season. So this, this is it, man. This is your run. If you're them probably anticipating doing this with like a Trey Lance or a Jimmy Garoppolo, but <laughs> we are where we are. And black Brock Purdy's played great football so far this season. So I'm excited to see what he does here. Uh, I'm excited to see what Gino does in his first playoff game coming off of an excellent season, his breakout season. Mm-hmm. It's a shame for him that he has to go up against such a tough defense, but uh, I think we learn. Yeah. A lot. I will say like his play has fallen off as the season's gone on a little bit, not terrible. Like he's not been terrible. Obviously last week wasn't great, but to be fair to him, I will say like when the rest of the team around you starts playing more poorly, there's a whole discussion to be had about Jared Goff. But what I will say is look at Jared Goff, the back half of the season and look at Jared Goff when he started in Detroit, like the play of the guys around you at quarterback makes a significant difference in the capacity that you are able to play. Yeah, I guess if you were going to build the case for how would Seattle win this game, mm-hmm. it's rookie quarterback struggles and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett go off. Yeah, right. I, I think that's it. But I mean, I think we're both leaning the same way. I think San Francisco mm-hmm. is probably the safe pick here. Yeah. 10 is and a lot of points, but I I could see them getting that done. That defense on San Francisco, like they're going to be able to get after Gino. So the way that you com- try to combat that is, okay, well, like DK Metcalf is an incredible receiver, but his physical profile makes him great at particular routes and kind of takes some other routes out of the question. Um, but he's like borderline unstoppable on a slant. So you just run that. But that defense is good enough. They're like, okay, well, like we're not going to let you house four slants in a game. Like it's you're that's, you can't win a game that way against this defense. No, it's, it's a tall order for Seattle. So we're both going San Francisco. Uh, I want to mention this is like, what's the 17th playoff game in a row that we've agreed on the pick. (laughs) <laughs> something like this on the yeah. podcast. The funny thing about last season is that we did the wild card podcast and we agreed on all six games. And the feedback we got from the podcast was like, oh, you guys agreed too much. We wanted to hear more like argument and more cases for the other team. And we just fucking went six and oh, like immediately. And it was like, well, that's so when we agree on it, I feel much more comfortable with the pick. Yeah. All right. Game two, Saturday night at eight fifteen. The Los Angeles Chargers visit the Jacksonville Jaguars. This started as Chargers minus one and a half, and now it's down mm-hmm. to a pick 'em. Yeah. I'm excited, like narrative wise, for this game. I'm very curious about how this game goes. Uh, oh. So, <laughs> two young stud quarterbacks playing in yeah. their first playoff game against each other, Herbert and Lawrence. Yeah. Well, we kind of talked about the narrative the other day of like Lawrence was like the god prospect he yeah. was the best thing since andrew luck he's the sliced bread of quarterback prospects yep justin herbert was a big quarterback prospect that i mean the vast majority of people who talk football did not believe in him no almost everybody will admit that like oh i did not believe in justin herbert so he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder even though he was taken like what six or seventh in the draft let me ask you a question about this though coming into this game do you feel good about either of these teams? Define feel good about. <laughs> are, are you going to confidently make a pick at the end of this segment? Hell fucking no. No, <laughs> I don't feel good about either of these teams either. No, because like, do I just need to say it's the Jags? Like, but also like, 
Doug Peterson is just not a good coach. Like, he's an upgrade, a significant upgrade. Don't get me wrong. But, like, not good. And then the other side as well, Charge is going to charge. So. Yeah, to be fair with the Doug Peterson thing, though, I would have been a significant upgrade over Urban Meyer. Yes. You know, just have an adult in the room. Not that I'm the most mature person in the world, but I'm. I'm better than Urban, right? I don't even really know how to coach NFL football. I just feel like, guys, listen, I'm not Urban Meyer. You know what? Uh, <laughs> That's just I, my whole thing. I am going to fly home with you after this game today. <laughs> not going to lose me in a bar in Ohio. I, Of all the places not to fly home with your team from, Ohio. Ohio. I opened a hotel in Cleveland, Ohio one time. And I went to a store to buy gifts and they were, they had shirts hanging in the window of the store that said, Cleveland, it's not that bad. Have a beer. So like of all places to ditch your team and like, say, I want to stay here and party Ohio. Your take on that was a little different than I thought you were going to go, but maybe that's just because this is my gripe with it. Of all the places to get, Weird and creepy and gross with college co-eds. Really? The bar that literally has a picture of you and your wife right behind it? In Ohio. In a, yes. Uh, I, uh, honestly. America's armpit. I feel like I will never <laughs> be able to talk about the Jags without talking about this. Like, we're talking about the Jags. <laughs> in the playoffs for the first time in years, like fantastic turnaround by the Jaguars organization. Great turnaround this season after starting bad. And the only thing I can think about is that urban Meyer ditched his team to stay in Ohio and party with Ohio co-eds, the armpit of America's co-eds at God. But yeah, I mean, so on football wise, because urban Meyer is, is not coaching for the Jaguars anymore. God, we're the worst. (laughs) at least this podcast is recorded in Detroit and not Ohio. Okay. Football wise, I don't feel good about either of these teams really. So I I had a hefty bet on the Jaguars to beat the Titans the other day. So I watched the entire game, man, Trevor Lawrence looked bad against the league's worst pass defense. Like the Titans have been the worst pass defense in the league by far this season he was missing throws all over the place. And like, granted they were getting a lot of pressure on him, but like everybody has torched that defense this season, even when they're fully healthy. Yeah. And it just became apparent at some point in that game that they were not going to win unless the defense did it for them. And I'm like, I'm watching like Joshua Dobbs, who wasn't even in the NFL, like four weeks ago, move the ball up and down the field against this defense. And I'm just like, my God, if I have to watch Josh Dobbs start an NFL playoff game next week, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> Thank God the defense did come up with a play. I won my bet, but like I did not feel good about the Jaguars offensively last week. Yeah. And now you're going from that to the Chargers defense, which is seventh in terms of yards per game against the pass and 10th in passing DVOA. And they're going to get pressure on you, too. So this is going to be a much steeper challenge for him this week. I would love to look at this and say, well, yeah, I mean, the Chargers are the better team, so therefore we should expect them to win this. I feel like they never come through in those situations. And, like, in fairness to Justin Herbert, he hasn't really had that opportunity. But he has had a chance He'll like go down and score, and then the defense will give up a score and they'll lose the game anyways. Well, so this is my thing. I just made this whole case against the Jags. Yep. But I said I don't feel good about either team because the team on the other side of the ball is the Chargers. Yes. Not that it needs more explanation, but (laughs) Chargers going to charge is like a saying for a reason. And I feel like they already started charging last week because... They had their playoff spot locked up. They weren't moving up or down. They weren't going anywhere. And they're like, you know what we're going to do? 
we're going to play all of our starters. And even though they played all the starters, they lost to the Denver Broncos. Yep. And like, granted, the starters only played three quarters, but it's not like the Broncos outscored them by a ton in the fourth. The Chargers <laughs> actually outscored the Broncos in the fourth quarter, 8-7. So like, you weren't winning when your starters left and you didn't win the game. So, you know, it, it just like, it doesn't make sense. And then of course, of course, Mike Williams leaves the game with a back injury. And now we don't know if he's going to play this week. It's so yeah. Chargers that it makes me sick. I need like I mean, a that's so Ravens sign that says that's so Chargers. If I hadn't watched the Jaguars this week, my money would already be on them. It's a tough call. Like this is a, this is literally a coin flip, both Vegas and like just analytically. I feel like nobody wants to give a take on this game. So even Vegas is like, I don't know. Just pick them. <laughs> just, just just whatever. Same odds. You pick who you want to win. You're probably no matter who you pick, you're probably going to lose. But who who so who is your pick in this game? Because I, I don't even know what else to say about the Chargers like that is so Chargers. That's the the phrase is going to yeah, evolve. It's going to evolve is... from Chargers. We're going to charge to that's so Chargers. Yeah, that's merch. <laughs> Put it in the store, baby. The store we haven't made. <laughs> that's the best part about the store is that it doesn't really exist. And so it, it's in our head and got, our hearts. It's got so many shirts in it. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I have to go Chargers. I was going to ask you if you just want to go on to the next game. <laughs> yeah. Like, Fuck it, we're not even going to make a pick. Just like, eh. I, I think Chargers. I mean, Austin Eckler is still a massive weapon. And it's one that while I will say that there have definitely been significant points in the season where the Jaguars defense has been an answer for them and their linebackers have done rather well against the run this year. Actually, their linebackers do not do particularly well against the pass with running backs and Austin Eckler can do some damage there. And I could see that making a major difference in this game. Yeah. So we agree here too. I, I am also going to go chargers. Both of these teams are going to want to throw the ball. Jacksonville is bottom three in past DVOA defense. And the Chargers throw the ball the second most of any team in the league. I, Mike Williams is questionable right now. I think he probably plays or he plays as yeah. much as he can in this game. And when I'm looking at like, okay, you both want to throw. The Chargers have superior weapons. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. Not that the Jags are bad because they got, you know, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk both had good seasons. I obviously am a big uh, ETN fan. Uh, they still have Marvin Jones Jr. too, who yep. is flying under the radar. But like you're talking about who you need to make a catch to get you the first down on that roster. And like he's my first pick and it's not close. And Evan Ingram's actually had a great season for yeah. them as well. He's had a couple breakout games. So maybe a little bit deeper weaponry on yeah, Jacksonville side. But the the defense is what's going to do it for me. I, the Chargers yeah. are very good against their top 10 DVOA against the pass. Not good against the run. But Jacksonville's defense is not like particularly great against anything. And they're really bad against the pass. So uh, I'll, I'll give the Chargers the edge there. I think the way to beat the Chargers is really to be patient and like run the ball on them a lot. Uh, and I, I just don't know that Jacksonville does that with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. Like if, if yeah. you told me they were going to come out and that they were going to, there's going to be like some motion in that offense. They were going to run some read option with ETN and Trevor Lawrence and stuff like that. I maybe see a little bit more of a case for it, but I, yeah, I think that the chargers have the edge, their offense going up against Jacksonville's defense. So I'll take the chargers too. I don't see them leading into their strengths enough to combat their weaknesses. 
agreed. So we've now we've agreed on like 18 straight playoff games. Uh, yep. We're going to push the streak to 19 here. The first game on Sunday, Dolphins at Bills, 1 p.m. on Sunday. The Bills are favored by 10. It actually went down to like nine. This is the game I'm least excited about this weekend because it's very likely that our quarterback matchup is Josh Allen versus Skylar Thompson. Yeah. I might change my tune a little bit if Tua was playing in this game. But I'm at the point where if the Dolphins play Tua, I think that multiple people in that organization need to go to prison. It's irresponsible. You cannot put him out there this weekend. You cannot do it. So if it's Skylar Thompson versus Josh Allen ends one way, and it's Bills by infinity points. Yeah. Infinity points. Like There's no spread that is big enough for me not to take the Bills this weekend. Minus nine, fine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 17, 35. (laughs) I'm picking the Bills. I'm probably betting on them too. If Skylar Thompson starts, then I'm expecting it to look like the national championship game. I want to also, like while we're talking about this game, award CBS with the fouled out worst TV segment of the year award. So the Dolphins beat the Jets to make the playoffs. And after the game, the sideline reporter for CBS or whatever channel it was on is interviewing Skylar Thompson on the sideline. And she's like, the Dolphins finally break their playoff drought. And it's Skylar Thompson at quarterback who gets it done. How do you feel? And he's like, well, you know, my teammates believe in me. My coaches believe in me and blah, blah, blah. Skylar Thompson was complete and utter ass all season. He appeared in seven games and had a QBR of 27. A QBR of 27 basically means that if you threw the ball straight into the ground every play, he was worse than that. <laughs> like He was worse than me if I spiked the ball every single play. I would have a higher QBR than this guy. And they're interviewing him like he just threw for 400 yards and let us see. The offense didn't score on Sunday. The Dolphins offense didn't score. It was 11 to 6. They had three field goals and a safety. And they're interviewing Skylar Thompson. They're like, Skylar, you fucking did it. You worked so hard all season. You did it. And he's just like, I'm so happy. I'm so blessed. Blah, blah, blah. Bills by infinity. Bills by fucking infinity. There's no spread big enough for this game. So what I'm getting is you are not a Skylar Moore believer or Thompson, whatever. I, I am a Sky Moore believer. Uh, I, yeah, we are both Sky Moore. Yeah, we like Sky Moore. Don't you dare slander Sky Moore in this segment. <laughs> but Thompson, fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention real quick that I don't, I mean, do you have anything like to add analysis wise to this game? I. It's Bill's Dolphins. Uh, it's. I mean, look. If you're listening to this and you need more analysis on this game, go find a hobby. Is like, That's not going to be a game. It's a bloodbath. <laughs> no, this is one of the things about this podcast is that like, we're not going to lie to you guys and we're not going to stretch shit out just to come up with content. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't see yeah. any way. I don't see it's, any way that Skylar Thompson goes into Buffalo and beats the bills. It's specifically why I like, haven't watched ESPN in years other than like if there's a game on there that I need to watch. I would be the worst ESPN analyst because if I was on a segment and they're like, all right, Adam, how does Miami potentially beat Buffalo this weekend? I would just be like, no, nope, they they don't. don't. They don't. (laughs) I'm not doing this fucking segment for you, Stephen A. Smith. Mm -mm. They'd be like, okay, Adam, you got to be on the other side of Stephen A. Smith and argue with him and make a case for the Miami Dolphins. I'm like, no, I'll just start taking my microphone off. I'm not doing this. (laughs) I'm sorry. Void my contract. I do just want to say, though, so I watched uh, some of the Buffalo Bills and Patriots game on Sunday. Yeah, I I probably turned it off after the second kick return for a touchdown by Buffalo. I'm not trying to make light of the situation in Buffalo, (laughs) but the DeMar Hamlin thing, is starting to feel like one of those things that like really unifies a team to yeah. make a playoff run and win a championship. 
I was thinking about like 2013, the Boston Red Sox, they had the Boston Marathon bombing that year. Yeah. And they do the whole like David Ortiz comes out and it's my fucking city. And they go on to win the championship. And it's like this big magical run for like a kind of an underdog team. And not that the Bills are an underdog, but I'm just waiting for like, you know, they may have to play a neutral site game against the Chiefs in the AFC championship. Could you see just like Damar Hamlin like showing up at like the neutral site AFC championship or like showing up at the Super Bowl if he's healthy enough, like, you know, in a wheelchair or something or like, yeah, you know, I I just I was watching them and I was watching how emotional the team was and all the fans were on Sunday. And I was like, this is the kind of shit that like unifies the team to like go on and get this done finally. And it's like the storybook, it's the storybook shit for like a team in Buffalo that's never won a Super Bowl, even. Yep. So they made four in a row and lost all four of them to add a little bit of background to it. Like this isn't just like, I mean, yeah, it's random, but like, this isn't really just like some random player that it happened to like that charity that everyone started donating to after he got hurt. Like he started doing that back in college. Like he didn't have money. Like that's the kind of person that that kid is. So, like, the love that they have for that guy and, like, the kind of bonding that's coming from it, like, it's not strictly out of charity. It's out of, like, the the tragedy of the situation. It's genuine, like, brotherhood because they love that person that much. For sure. So we're we're both on the bills. Uh, Game two on Sunday, 4.30 p.m., is the aforementioned Giants at Vikings. The Vikings are currently favored by three. I hate this game. Yes. I hate it because we've been talking about betting against the Vikings for like 12 weeks now on this podcast. (laughs) We were so excited about it. We're just like, it's been weeks and weeks where we've just been like, listen, the Vikings are frauds. You guys can go back and listen to the entire season. Of our yeah. of this podcast this season, we're like the Vikings are frauds. Bet against them in the playoffs. Do it. They finished the season thirteen and four with a negative three point point differential. Yeah. As a point of reference, the other teams in the NFL that had thirteen or more wins this season finished with point differentials of plus one seventy three, plus one sixty nine, plus one thirty three, and plus one twenty seven. Literally the four highest in the league this season. The Vikings finished 27th in DVOA. Yep. 27th. Down with like the Broncos and the Rams and the Cardinals. And I say all of this to say that I guarantee I would be betting against them if they weren't playing the goddamn Giants. Right. Oh my God. Who, while being slightly better, in terms of advanced statistics, uh, finished the season with a negative six point point differential, and uh, we're only twenty first in DVOA, so slightly better, slightly better than the Vikings, but disappointed, man. Yeah, this. this if it was any other team, I would be jumping right. all over the away team. Yes, <laughs> and honestly. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to pretend that like I didn't give it some thought <laughs> when it comes to two teams like this where like, OK. Neither team is really that good. I just I got to default to the fact that the Vikings have the best player. Yep. They have Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say about it. Um, yeah, I feel like this is the type of game where like so we've been saying it all season that the Vikings are frauds. Yeah. I feel like the public has just recently started to catch on to it. Yeah. And I feel like this is the type of game where we go into Sunday and like 80% of the public money is on the giants to win this because everybody, all these public betters are like, Oh yeah, look at me. I'm so smart. The Vikings actually suck and the giants have plus odds and I'm going to make a bunch of money and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And the Vikings like pull it out and screw everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what they've done all year. And 
it's just dumb shit that like the ball bounces their way like that that fucking bills game should have lost that game at like four different points no and i've said this before this season there's something to be said for the fact that they've been able to win close games yeah but as we know close games are typically about 50 50 and there is some regression Mm -hmm. uh due for them i just don't know if it comes this week against the giants with stuff like that like if your team is progressing over the course of the season those games don't keep happening you take the lead and then you put the game away it's not that like you won't have any more one score games the rest of the year but it's like it's not an every single week thing anymore it's not sustainable i've said it all year and i i don't think this is the week that finally really, really, really gets them. But like, I wouldn't be dumbfounded <laughs> because they're the Vikings. Mm-hmm. My concern isn't that they've played so many one score games. My concern is that it's like every time they play a team that's less talented than them. Yeah, it's a one score game. Right. And then well, every time they're they... the ones that make it a one score game. I know it's not the other team playing up. No, but then like when they do play a team that's like as talented or more talented than them, they get like mollywopped, you know, like the, the Packers even destroyed them a couple weeks ago. The Cowboys annihilated them. And then like, you know, they beat the bears by two scores this weekend. They're like, yeah, we're, we're turning it around. Here we go. And it's like, you know, a a bears team that hasn't won in like 10 weeks. Like, I think it is. It's actually more concerning that they only beat Nathan Peterman by two scores. Yeah. That may be more concerning to me than anything else we've said leading up to this segment. That said, I'm picking yeah. the Vikings. I can't bring myself to pick Daniel Jones to win a playoff game. Not until he's actually done it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't feel good about it. I'm not happy about it, but I wouldn't feel good if I was picking the Giants either. So, I mean, Minnesota's at home. They have Justin Jefferson. I'm, I'm just going to rely on I'm going to rely on Justin Jefferson to have a big game and kind of carry them through this. But, I mean, I, I hate the game because of the situation that it put us in for our picks and for gambling. But I'm actually yeah. excited to watch this game. Like, I think it'll actually be a fun game to watch. Because it's probably going to be close. Yeah. Probably be a one-score game. Probably some wacky stuff is going to happen. Yeah, no, I I was going to say, I think it's going to be a fun game and that sense. Like that's that's the way it's going to be fun. Yes, this not like Mahomes versus Josh Allen a couple of years ago. Fun. I just think literally anything could happen in this game. It's beautiful chaos. Like I said, the end of that vikings bills game but like for 60 minutes yeah like if i'm ranking the games this weekend this is probably like third for me i i think i'm like jacksonville versus chargers cowboys versus bucks which we'll talk about in a sec yeah giants versus minnesota i think those are the ones i'm well maybe maybe the next game we're going to talk about we'll see yeah um the next one is the sunday night 8 15 the Ravens at the Bengals. Bengals are favored by 6.5. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit difficult to pick this game right now because we do not know who is going to play quarterback for the Ravens this weekend. Yeah. Something really weird is going on with Lamar Jackson right now. And I'll, I'll give you my take on it. You let me know what you think. I think he's hurt, but not so hurt that he can't play. But with all the drama this season and the fact that they didn't take care of him before the season started and get his contract locked away, it adds a little bit more math to the decision of like, eh, do I really need to come back and play? Because now, yeah, like I'm playing injured and not that he can't play, but like you're risking your health and you're yeah. risking potentially a massive deal that's going to be on the table for you when free agency starts in a couple months. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely can see that during the regular season, especially once they like, you know, locked up a, a wild card spot. Like they were already going to the playoffs. Well, they had a chance to win the division last week, and he didn't play though. Yeah, I get that, but I mean, I just I feel like that was a kind of a tall task considering the Bengals were almost certainly going to win. Yes, but like, but I, yeah, I just feel like it's if not you're... something. It's not something that you want to see. No, I feel like if he had already signed, and I, I could be completely off base here, but I feel like if he had already yeah. signed his big money deal and had guaranteed money coming in next season, yeah, that he's probably playing last week. Yeah. Right? Because it's been like, oh, you know, he got hurt and it's like, it was like week 14 and they're like, he's probably going to be back like week 16 or 17. And we get to week 16 and it's like, oh yeah, probably 17. We get to 17 and it's like, oh, maybe next week, probably the playoffs. And then like we get to this, we get to last week and it's like, yeah, it's going to be Anthony Brown to give us a shot at like potentially winning the division. And it's like all of the things like in Harbaugh just seems like sick of it. They asked him about it and he's like, basically just like, I don't know. He's going to play when he's going to play kind of. Yeah. Alluding to the fact that it's Lamar's decision not to play and not necessarily the Ravens coaching staff and medical staff. Mm -hmm. So it's the vibe is off to me. And you know that when you fail the fouled out vibe check, it's a bad sign for you. I do think like that factor is in there. Um, We've seen. We've seen Lamar (laughs) this season interact with fans, holding up signs, talking about needing to pay him, Uh, which like, look, I it's it's funny to see from a fan's perspective but when you're talking about the face of your franchise doing stuff like that when you are in negotiations it is a bit concerning um negotiations aren't going well nope (laughs) if that stuff's happening yeah tell you that yeah and it honestly just raises the question of like is is it even possible for them to come to terms ever at this point? Well, the rumors right now are no. The rumors are yeah. that he's he's trying to get out now. And yeah. they could they could franchise him, but like this they is could the franchise thing. him for what two years, three years? Yeah, for like ri- ridiculous sums of money though. Which is exactly what he's asking for, anyways. So <laughs> right, but just no guaranteed future, <laughs> yep. right? So exactly. I, I don't blame Lamar if that is the case. I'm not trying to like be no. like, oh, Lamar's this bad guy and he's greedy. Like this is t- we're talking about generational wealth at yeah. this point. We're talking, you know, 200, 300, 400 million dollar deals yeah. for quarterbacks in the future. And if that's on the table for you and you're looking at it and you're like, man, I'm hurt. I could play. But as we all know, if you play hurt, your risk for a bigger injury is much higher. Yep. So if I'm like, I don't want to be on this team next year, they screwed me in negotiations. They don't care about me. What's my incentive to go out there hurt and be like, okay, I'm going to try to win you guys a playoff game. Yeah. It's just not there, but my only counter argument to that is I would say like, if you're trying to get someone to come get you, if you're reading out the writing on the wall, they ain't letting you walk. Like they they are not letting Lamar Jackson walk. Real good way <laughs> to get a team to throw whatever it takes to come trade for you. Go out there and win a playoff game. A playoff game that you're not expected to win. Well, especially because that's the biggest knock on him right now is that playoff yep. performance has been poor. Yeah. Even his MVP season. So yeah, it's tough. I mean, assuming Lamar plays, I don't love Cincinnati by six and a half. I think that's too many points yeah. if Lamar's playing because it, the style is, of play it makes makes it closer just in and of itself. Like they're going to slow the game down. It, you know, it's division rivals. They split the season series. 
the Ravens won the first game 1917 and then Bengals yeah. beat them this past week. But like with Anthony Brown at quarterback and honestly, like I kind of felt like they should have beat him by a lot more with how yeah. Anthony Brown played because it was only 27 to 16. But I'm going to go Cincy either way. Yeah. Kind of no matter who the quarterback on the Ravens is, just because we've talked about it ad nauseum this season. I believe in Joe Burrow. I just believe in Joe Burrow's ability to win playoff games, and I don't see him losing this wild card game at home to this Ravens team that's got this bad vibes all over the place, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And, I mean, I've been talking about it since this podcast was founded. I firmly believe that Baltimore needs to make a move at their offensive coordinator position. Uh, I do not believe that you can win a playoff game against a respectable NFL defense with, you know, passing playbook that they currently have. It's, it's not, it's not up to par with the rest of the, the other 31 teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And not like the Bengals head coach is that great. Like Zach Taylor's no, I think, you know, he's pretty good. Not great. No, it's but okay. he managed to come over here with a very similar playbook to Sean McVay. Mm. Uh, but Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator for the Bear, or for the Bengals, that dude is. Yeah. He's he's that dude. That dude is that dude. Like he, you remember back to last season, we did a whole like half hour podcast segment yeah. about the adjustments he made to shut Patrick Mahomes down in the AFC Championship. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful work by him. And the, like the Bengals, I think this is the misnomer on the Bengals is that they did not make it to the Super Bowl last year based on their offense. I mean, like Joe Burrow did what Joe Burrow needed to do, but that was like a complete team effort to get them through. It's not like they were going through and just lighting people up with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll go. So we're both going Cincy. Yeah. Okay. We've agreed on five out of six. But this this one might test us. This one might test our agreeing skills here. Our resolve. The final game. The shameless money grab Monday Night Football of Wild Card Weekend. I went back and listened to our Wild Card, pod, wild card podcast from last year today. And I, I bitched about the 17-game schedule, the seven teams making the playoffs, and the Monday night football game. And I was like, I'm going to hit all three of those things again this year, baby. Cause I'm still complaining about it. I am. <laughs> I am a sports curmudgeon. I think you can call me that where everybody's like, Oh man, 12 college football playoff teams. This is going to be fun. And I'm like, I don't need to see Georgia beat another team by 60. <laughs> Not enjoyable. I mean, in, in fairness, Georgia definitely would have had a bye. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, and they only beat Ohio State by one. So I'm just kind of talking shit here. All right. Monday night football money grab game of the week. 815 on Monday. The Dallas Cowboys at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dallas currently favored by three. How are we feeling? Conflicted. <laughs> I, and o- only because Tampa has been bad. I, I just like this is the ultimate head versus heart game to me. Yeah. My head says pick Dallas. Tampa's been bad all season. They've told you who they are all season. And as I always yeah. say, if someone tells you who they are, believe them. But are we really going to pick the Dallas Cowboys to beat Tom Brady in the playoffs? Yeah. It's Tom Brady. Yeah. In the playoffs against the Dallas Cowboys. Tech has been rough of late. It's been bad lately. They played a bad game on Sunday against the Washington Fighting Georges. Yep. A bad game. But also, we're only a couple weeks removed from Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers needing overtime to beat Trace McSorley in the Arizona Gardens. Yeah. So I I don't know where to go with this one, man. I feel like you take the stickers off the helmets. You give me like the blind resume and I'm probably picking Dallas. 
but I just I can't get away from the fact that it's Tom Brady versus the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. Like the Dallas Cowboys yeah. who are probably like second in the league amongst like teams that you would just pick to choke. Right. I would say right. number one is Green Bay to choke a playoff game. Yeah. Dallas is a very close second. It's like a one A, one B situation. Versus the greatest quarterback of all time and Tom Brady, who like he's looked better lately, I guess. The offense has looked a little bit better lately, but God, it's just such a shit season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's yeah. Oh, they were so bad all year. Here's my thing about this game. If if this stays tight and it's close and it's like a tight, low scoring game, Tom's already won the game. Like you, you know that he's gonna put that one drive together, and Dak Prescott won't be able to do it. Like you know that that is a given. It's the other three quarters that I worry about. It it does just feel like it could be one of those games where it's just like, you know, people who pick Dallas or people who bet on Dallas, you're feeling good for three quarters. You start getting into nut crunching time. Yep. And Dallas is up, you know four and Tom Brady gets the ball two minutes left to go in the game. And you're just like, I've seen this movie so many times, so many times. This, this game, like to me, it's going to come down to the trenches. So Dallas is top three in quarterback pressure rate and Tampa Bay. While they've been bad at a lot of things this season, they've protected the quarterback better than anybody else in the league. They have the lowest pressure rate allowed so it's like one of the best teams at getting pressure versus one of the best teams at like protecting the the cowboys definitely have more roster talent i just the the buccaneers inability to run the ball kind of scares me too yeah i mean they're one of the worst rushing teams of all time of all time they're 32nd in the league in rushing they're 32nd in rushing dvoa they're i think not even getting to 80 yards per game so, like, they're going to ask Tom Brady to throw this ball between 35 and 45 times on Sunday. And that's a lot of opportunities for Michael Parsons and some of the guys on Dallas to get after him. And so, like, one way, like, yeah, I see it. I see what you're saying. If it's a close game and Tom Brady gets the ball late, we've seen this movie before. On the other side, the other movie we've seen with Tom Brady in the playoffs is that people who do beat Tom Brady tend to get a lot of pressure on him with four and protect in the back. And Dallas is certainly capable of that with the pass rushers they have up front. Yeah, that is, that is true. I mean, the bucks are six and four this year in one score games. If that matters, I mean, obviously there's a certain amount of luck in that, but I think there's also a factor of like, you kind of got to throw all that out of the window when you get in the playoffs anyways, because most teams in the playoffs are able to close out games anyways. That being said, I do not think this is the case here. So which way are you going? I don't think I can like sleep at night if I were to pick the Dallas Cowboys and then watch Tom Brady do what Tom Brady has done his entire career. So I'm going to ride with Tom. It's brave. This is going to be the first playoff game that we disagree on. I think like in the history of this podcast. Yeah. Like I said, it's heart versus head to me. My heart wants to pick Tom Brady. I'm obviously like a huge Tom Brady stand. Yeah. I love the guy. He's the greatest of all time. Every single statistic is begging me to take Dallas. They're way higher in DVOA. Vegas is yeah. saying take Dallas. I, I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys. I think the big question here is like, what version of that offense are you getting? That's the thing that has, I think, me most worried about Dallas is like, if you get the deck that just is out of control, then it's already over in the first quarter. The one thing I'm like really interested. So like, I actually really like this game. I think it's going to be an entertaining game to watch. Yeah. The thing that's really interesting to me is like, okay, if you're Dallas and you don't get this done, 
like is is this the last time we see this version of the Dallas Cowboys? Like I, I know it's a road playoff game, but like they've just been disappointing yeah. every single year, and you got to make a change at some point, right? If it, if it just keeps not working and that like, this has been the season it's been like, Oh man, they've played yeah. good, played pretty good defensively all season. They've played great special teams all season. And like, yeah, they've fallen off lately, but we talked about this. It's like, God, if you just don't have Dak, you don't ask Dak to do that much and let the rest of this roster take over for you. Yeah. It's a good team. There's a lot of blue chip players on this team. Yeah. I think what we've seen the last yeah. couple of weeks is they're like, yeah, fuck it. We're going to throw it with thir- deck 37 times. Mm-hmm. And that's where you really start getting into trouble. So I, I think yeah. if you don't get it done this season, like wholesale changes. Yeah. I mean, McCarthy could go. Maybe they try to bring in like Sean Payton and throw like a first round pick at the Saints. You know, I could see that being a possibility. Uh I would say it has to be changes all over the place for Dallas because you can't keep running out this same core if you keep failing and you lose to an eight and nine bucks team that just looked like absolute dog shit almost the entire season. It'll be interesting to see how Dallas attacks this on offense um, because do you really want to run at Vita Vea? <laughs> it's not a thing that historically has worked very well. And I know that they haven't been as good on defense this year, but man, like I could see the big guy getting up for a monster game just because it's the playoffs. I mean, they've been better on defense this season. And like, you look at like the, just the rough statistics, just like the counting stats. And it looks like they've been much better than Dallas. But like, if we're looking uh DVOA, yeah. which I'm a big believer in, uh, Tampa is 13th in defensive DVOA and Dallas was yeah. second. Um, yeah. Also, Dallas is 10th in special teams. Tampa Bay was 31st in special teams DVOA. Yeah, so that's a problem. I think they have an advantage in a couple phases of the game. And I just, I I don't feel good about it, but yeah. I, got, I got to go with, I'm a statistics guy and all the statistics are pointing the same direction. It's just that my heart is and will always be with Tom Brady. It looks like Vita Vea might actually be out. <laughs> no. well, if that is if that is the case, then I am off the Buccaneers. <laughs> I mean, if they're able to just run the ball and keep the ball out of his hands, then Dak isn't going to really be able to screw them over. Yeah, he's questionable with a calf. So, yeah, uh, I, I want to like push you to change your pick to the Cowboys because. This is going to be the first playoff pick on this podcast where we disagreed. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to go 6 and 0 playoff picks, at least not together, but that's okay. Uh yeah, I mean, looking at some of the injuries that they have on the, on their defense, I I don't know if I can confidently <laughs> stick with that pick. Uh Yeah, they're they're missing some big pieces on defense or if they do play, they will be playing pretty banged up. I am going to revise that pick and say this is going to be a very ugly and shameful Cowboys victory. Whoa, 6-0 podcast picks. We're back, baby. So we are rolling with the 49ers, the Chargers, the Bills, the Vikings, the Bengals, and the Cowboys for the podcast picks this weekend. Since we tentatively agree on all six, I am going to parlay all six together. Six money lines, baby. The one bet I have placed so far is a three-leg parlay, and it's uh, 49ers, Bengals, and Bills. That's about like minus 117-ish, so a little bit less than plus odds, but I very those are the picks I'm most confident in right now. And then we'll probably put some money down on a couple others as well. But yeah, uh, that is it for us. As always, Fouled Out can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, anywhere you get your podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at Fouled Out Sports. You can find Matt on Twitter at Matador underscore defense. You can find our videos on TikTok at Fouled Out Sports Podcast. It's a long name, but you can't miss it. You can also get 
four additional podcasts per month on our Patreon at patreon.com slash fouled out. Going to have a little like college football recap slash look ahead one coming at you guys soon. Uh, and Matt and I still owe you guys a quarterbacks podcast. We do. So that, that we're going to do it. We're going to do it. It'll come out. We'll talk about all the college quarterbacks, this draft and the next couple and which ones we're most excited for. So, uh, but my friend, enjoy the football games this weekend. It's going to be an excellent weekend. And I think set us up for an even better divisional round. Yeah. Because if you look at like the picks we just made, mm-hmm. the four quarterbacks left in the AFC are going to be Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and Herbert. Yeah. And that is a round of football that I want to watch. That is what the kids call lit. Because I know Marshall will love that so much. <laughs> we are welcome to the Liddy Committee. I Quick note, real quick before we sign off. I asked Marshall what he got for his girlfriend for her birthday over the weekend. And he told me, and I texted him back, and I was like, that is W. Riz, my guy. And he's just like, Jesus Christ, Uncle Adam. Rough one for the poor kid. But all right, my friend, I will talk to you soon, and we will see you guys next week. Yep. Have fun, guys. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, Mom. Bye, Robin. Bye, Robin.